0: Hey there, welcome to the show. Wow, you know what? I can't believe it. Finally, we've got our real estate talk triangle group back together. I feel almost like it's a rock band, you know, and, you know, a couple of our uh, main players took uh, took the summer off, but sure enough, this this week, we've got Tim Siriano, as broker owner of Remax Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, as well as former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. He's in the house, and Dave Butler, yeah, Dave Dave kind of, you know, helped us out throughout the summer, but he wasn't here, and now we've got him in the house too. Don't forget Dave Butler, what I consider, you know, the number one mortgage person to have a conversation with, and uh, I'm really excited about the show this week. It's great to have everybody back in-house. I do have a special announcement, and it's funny because my producers sit there and say, it's going to be the greatest real estate event ever. It actually is. I'm pretty excited about it. Something we've got coming up. So mark your calendar. It is Saturday, November the 4th at 11 a.m. I have my simple seminar webinar. So um, we're going to throw something out very special for you. Um, If you participate and are here for the seminar, one lucky winner is actually going to win their down payment for a one-bedroom unit in our London release And one lucky webinar winner, when we reach out, you got to call us during the seminar and you're also going to win the down payment for a one bedroom unit. That's right. So pretty exciting stuff. I've never done this before. We're really excited about it. You can find out all the rules and regulations. Go to the simpleinvestor.com and it's going to be probably one of the most exciting things I've ever done. And I'm so excited about it. And by the way, just a quick shout out. To all of our new investors that have joined us over the last few months, it's been incredible. And uh, you know what? We still are running that 3.99% interest offer, and it's really exciting. We still have some units left, but don't don't miss out on the seminar webinar. It's the only time I'm going to do it, and it's so exciting. So, but without uh, any further ado, you know we got a lot to talk about. You know we've uh, we've been kind of holding off. We're trying not to get too excited about what's going on in the market. I know Tim's just like he's sitting there. He's raring to go. Tim, um, let's start off by, hey, listen, did you have a good summer?
1: Fantastic summer. Um, me and every other single real estate agent out there, who decided to take the summer off. So now we're back.
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you're back. You're back in the saddle here. And um, so I do want to talk about, you know, we're going to start off. We'll get Dave to to, to weigh in shortly. But I just want to talk about, you know, some of the, a little bit of doomsaying going on in the real estate market. And, you know, numbers that pop up where people say, you know, number of listings are increasing but it's kind of funny our 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 status quo pricing really isn't changing that much so you're on the you're you've got people on the you know boots on the ground let's talk about that
1: well it's really interesting because last month when we were talking about the market we we actually discussed that there's a lot of home stages that are pre-booked for September there's a lot of people who are actually setting their focus on September you know after the summertime I I made a joke off the top that you know myself and, and other Every single other real estate agent in the province is probably on holidays, right? So a lot of people were focused back on September. So it's it's just understandable that we're going to see more listings in September. It's the first time in a few years that we finally had a seasonal seasonal market, you know, through the summer months. So now the focus has been back on you know people getting back on the saddle and looking at their plans, what they want to do, where they want to be before Christmas, because that's kind of the target date you want to be in your new home. Uh, or out of your new home by November, December before the Christmas break. And then after that, as we all know, the seasonal time between December to maybe January, February, where people start to kind of refocus on the spring after that.
0: Yeah. You know, and Tim, it's interesting because right now, and and I'm I'm, going to take a shot at, you know, a lot of people in the media, because as most people know, if you tune in here, I'm not one of those guys. Uh, Some of the misreporting I feel that's happening is that, you know, all the doomsayers are coming out going, oh, this is, this is this, is, this is this. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, listings are up, you know. Oh, we've got, you know, 50,000 uh, listings in the greater Toronto area. Um, th- That to me just sounds a little bit more normal. Well, you know,
1: I want to say that, you know, get off Twitter. I mean, sorry, X It's called now, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. It, what's really important is that you have to be careful what you're, you know, ingesting you know through your eyes as well and what you're reading every single day because we all know and everybody listening knows that if it bleeds it leads right and whenever you have media titles you have to have something that's going to capture your negative imagination and not your positive and it's scientific fact that people work on loss more than they do on gain so anytime you have these type of negative news you're going to have you know more attention on your platforms right and that's what you have to be very careful about look the market is not what they're saying it is if there's one thing i can share with everybody that it's become a very micro market now it's no longer that macro you can't look at year over year month over month at this time right now we're looking at neighborhood over neighborhood we're looking at you know different products different price points they're all reacting so differently to all the media and all the news and what people are feeling
0: yeah dave i'm gonna put it over to you um i know you had a Fabulous summer! You got married. You know, we shared that with all our listeners. Congratulations! Thank you. And um, so, you know, let's let's pick up on what Tim was just talking about.
2: Yeah, look, we're you know, I would say from the mortgage side of things, it's you know, we're seeing the same type of extra activity kind of happening after. And I would say this. I mean, I think we can all agree. July and August, it seemed like everyone said, you know what, I'm done with real estate. I'm going to hang out for the summer. Um, I would say, you know, and echo Tim's sentiments in that. You know, it seems like people are deciding, okay, I gotta deal with something now. You know, I think also people are seeing that, hey, the rates didn't necessarily come down like maybe they were hoping they would. And they're saying, Okay, now I have to make some plans, right? Um, I'm not in the position maybe that I might have been. Um, and so we're seeing, you know, I, I would say this. I think we are seeing a little bit of panic. I think everyone is seeing a bit of those foreclosures. But, you know, again, we you know, that that, that may not be the whole story. Maybe a lot of that is speculation and I would say this you know you're gonna if you keep interest rates elevated for a period of time like they are now even with the supply demand amounts we have you could find yourself a pocket of negativity in terms of sentiment and that is likely if it's going to happen it's probably going to happen coming up into this winter but i think that's the thing and tim says you need to kind of look at who you're listening to you know uh you know going on or Twitter or social media, you always remember you're going to get the loudest people. The craziest headlines are the ones that they're going to feed you first because that gets their views, and that's what those sites want. Um, but the reality is this. You really, really just need to focus on, as a Canadian, I think, getting through the winter because there will be sunny skies again. This is not a doom and gloom forever, in my opinion, and I just think people need to kind of not necessarily follow the sentiment to the farthest degree. Let's kind of stay in the middle and just keep objective, that's all.
0: You know, it's interesting because Dave, um, I, mean, I, I do want to pick up on a little bit of what you just said. Let's talk about things such as power sales foreclosures. You know, um, when I started my career, I actually was, um, you know, awarded a lot of those from the bank. So RBC, CIBC, you know, a lot of the different companies would hire me to sell power sales. And, you know, Tim, you would know this, you know, over the last few years, we haven't seen any power sales. You know, we've had a huge uptick in, in value, but now with the power sales in place, That's kind of normal. You know, it's just somebody... Hey, look, there are people that lose their jobs. There are people that, you know, are speculative. You know, so when people start talking about, oh, my God, there's some foreclosures going, that's kind of normal. I mean, in in any country, any marketplace, that just shows that, you know, there is always the tangibility that if people do something they should not have or pushed a little bit too far, then they're going to be in that position. And so, Dave, like, foreclosures... When 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 people talk about power sales and foreclosures, just so we're all clear, they're not a deal. Okay, they're never a deal. What happens is you gotta sell it for market value, or else you can't sell it. And you know, like I said, when when I used to sell them, it was sort of like, you know, I I somebody would call me up and said, "What's outstanding on the mortgage?" And I said, "It's irrelevant. You can only buy it at market value. It's not like foreclosures in the United States."
2: Yeah, very different. Um, And to be fair, you know, going to your point there. I think if anything, if you're talking about normal or abnormal, I think it was probably abnormal for probably the last 20 years to have as little power sales and foreclosures as we did. If you really think about it, in a balanced market, that is going to happen. You bring up a good point, people lose their jobs. And and I think obviously what we had here is we had low rates for a long time. And so if someone is going to lose their job, someone's able to come and pick it up and those people are going to sell it quick and not necessarily get into a power sale situation I think what we're having now is as 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 Tim you know I think is very correct on it you're seeing a very different market it's a micro market there are definitely very cautious buyers I will say that I've noticed the you know we are still doing lots of pre-approvals but we're not executing as many final deals and that's simply because in my opinion people are being very, very, very cautious. They're not running like they did to with their pre-approval and going and buying the next day. We're normally having to actually do two different rate locks on most pre-approvals these days. And what that means to most people is it's nowadays four to eight months till people are actually finding a home. That's, you know, we're not seeing that within a month of pre-approving them, they come in with an offer. It's actually very rare now. So things are changing, but I I believe again, and I'll say this, and I've said this on the show many, many times you get yourself back to interest rates in the fours at the 399, the 499s, you will see a much different market and maybe the micro will open itself up a bit.
1: Well, this is this is what they call that window of opportunity, right? And, mm-hmm. and again, nobody acts on the fear of loss. They Sorry, the fear of gain. They always act on the fear of loss, but the window of opportunity is these next six months, you know, while people try to figure things out. And some people are going to figure things out before others and take advantage of it. If they do qualify, as you said, Dave, they are going to go and start shopping and finding a property that makes sense for them for the right reasons. Not speculators, not people who are trying to flip. That's all been gone. As a matter of fact, I remember we warned everybody a year ago. We said the next year or two is not the year of the flip or the or the speculator. So you know, we kind of saw the storm, if you want to call it that, coming. Not interest. Nobody saw the interest rates rising this quickly so fast, um, which is also creating the other adverse effect of how many people are are really believing that we're going to come down again, right? Like you got to look at it both ways. And that's where it's really important to speak to the right people like Dave or the right realtor that you know, you trust in your corner because they're the ones who are going to talk to you on a level head, right? And not just try to get that emotional one way or swing one way or the other.
0: So guys, we're going to go to a quick break, folks. So here we are, Real Estate Talk Triangle. We're talking about real estate uh, September, what we can expect. You know, one of the things that you can expect from us here uh, is we've got an incredible seminar webinar coming up on Saturday, November the 4th. You don't want to miss out on this one. Like I said, we're doing something we've never done before and we're really excited about it. So go to the simpleinvestor.com to register. And if you're not following me on Instagram, make sure you do it. The Simple Investor One. I'm going to keep you up to date on what's going on in the market. And we'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this part of our show, we call it the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And in-house, that's right. We got them both here. I got Tim Sirianos. He is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate. Tip was the former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board through a really rough time. So this is great that we've got him in the hot seat to talk about what's going on in the marketplace. And he was also a former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And, you know, I really don't need to talk much about Dave Butler. Everybody knows he is the guru of mortgages and definitely my guy that I go to to find out what the heck is going on with the Bank of Canada and all sorts of things. But, you know, just before the break, we were talking about power sales. And as I had mentioned... Uh, on here. What, one of the things that people have to get out of their head is that, that you can buy something at what's outstanding on the loan. And Tim, you, know, you were quick to want to jump in on that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I thank you for letting me do that. I mean, not only do uh, the banks have, any lender has the obligation to get market value. You know, They cannot come across as being self, have any self-interest here. They have to do the best they can for people. But what we're also seeing is in you know, the reality is people are trying, right? They are trying. We've seen offers right now, anywhere from five, 10, 20% below asking price on regular homes. not just, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of power sales and foreclosures. I know we've talked about it here, but it's really important for me to come out and say, this is not a widespread thing. I mean, this is just a little bit more than what we're used to during the, you know, the, the nice fun times where, you know, values were always going up and people were able to sell. But right now, because we're in this market and the media with what it's doing, people think that they're going to make an offer 20% below asking price and get it. I'm going to just share with all the listeners. It's not happening. You know, it's not happening. People, real estate is not something that people just woke up to yesterday. You know, people are very in tune with value. They know what's going on. And in in some cases, most cases, most cases we have sellers who are completely oblivious and stubborn they're saying hell i don't care it's september i want may's prices right and if i don't get may's prices i'm removing the property off the market and guess what that does it creates a supply problem even more so which puts further pressure on values you know not to come down to stay where they are and go up and maybe i'll talk about values at some point during the show but i just wanted to make that very clear power of sales foreclosure does not mean you know a lottery ticket
0: yeah and 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 dave i'll have you weigh in on this but you know one of the things that i'm struggling with is the social media people right now okay like just because you're on tiktok doesn't make you a real estate agent or somebody that has any kind of knowledge you know and i'm really struggling with some of the idiots out there uh you'll catch some of my posts alluding to it just because you know you 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 sit there and drive a nice car and and you wear a nice suit doesn't make you an official on real estate and when people are coming out saying oh there's never been more cancellations of listings it's because somebody was testing the market and they didn't have to sell and if you had half a brain you would understand this you need to look at how a transaction happens and if a if if a seller tim says well i'm going to try the market if i don't get what i want then i'm not going to sell Well we don't do
1: that we don't like that. We, you know, in our brokerage. Right? But, it, but it's real though. Well, it's happening all the time, right? And and we're seeing it and we have, in you know, in our brokerages, in our office, seven offices, you know, 410 people, right? What's one of the frustrations is, you know, how many people are actually just testing the market, just trying the market and they're trying the market at maze prices, right? And we just know that it's just a recipe for, uh, you know, disappointment, right? And it's a recipe for more headlines. It's a recipe for, because what they're going to see is asking price 1.3 selling price 1.1 and the media's going to say okay here we go two hundred thousand dollars below asking price well the average price right now is 1.1 it's not 1.3 exactly so i mean why would you be part of that you know and get involved in that kind of circus if you want to call it yeah seller seller's remorse right you know
2: they they wish they sold it you know everybody i think you know and that's always the real estate thing right i mean you, you don't buy real estate or sell real estate and then look backwards right? Because it's generally, if you're selling real estate and you look back, it's generally, I would say in the last, you know, hundred plus years, it hasn't, hasn't worked out for you, right?
1: Again, prices are not dropping or haven't dropped. And if you look at the numbers just this past week with unemployment numbers being stronger, you know, uh, every single, you know, economic number is stronger. People aren't losing their jobs the way they did in the late eighties, early nineties. There was no financial meltdown the way there was in 08. This is a, uh, uh, a bank of canada you know principal directive to raise interest rates to do everything in its power to stop spending i wish they could tell the government to stop spending (laughs) because it seems that they don't want to be in the same room to talk to each other because from one end you're saying we gotta you know we're, we're asking the government to stop spending but every news media headline you're seeing is there's another 20 billion here and 15 billion there just adding more spending right and it's causing the inflation rate to stay stubborn and it's, it's interesting you know um point i want to make here if i if i may uh i was talking to some people about the interest rate i don't even think they're ever going to go to two percent i don't i don't think two percent is really the goal that for, infl- for, infl- for inflation, for inflation yeah. that they're actually going to be able to attain and they know that but they just have that narrative they want to keep on telling you it's going to be two percent um they're even worried about three percent being the number right now you know because of the amount of spending being done right so we have to realize that it's a little bit different out there than what uh, than, than what you're just simply reading.
2: Yeah, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think from our standpoint, I mean, it feels like it's. It's we're really in the deep battle of the of the bulls versus the bears, right? I mean, you talk about you know Twitter and and social media and these loud voices. Um, you know, it's, I I and I can echo some of your thoughts. I mean, I know some of these you know loud people on social media. I I, I know some of their background situations as well. I can tell you that. Some of these people that are, are, are being listened to a, in terms of their advice and they're very, very loud, um, they're also not necessarily a, a, anywhere close to even having a, a net worth that you would want to listen to them. I mean, I know some of these people personally, they are, they, are, they are not in positions where they should be giving out financial advice in their own personal lives. And I think that that really is something that you need to keep your eye on. Who are you listening to, right? Um, you know, Be very, very careful with the loudest you know, voices in the room you never really know. And obviously vet the people that you're listening to as well. But um, look, the reality is this, is it, you know, we have an interest rate situation right now that is not likely to get better in the short term. Um, Certainly medium to long term, there could be some, 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 some safety or some, some type of valve, safety valve on the way. But I think, look, we're going to have some, some, some interest rates are going to stick in this for a while. We're heading into the, the winter season, which as Tim pointed out, is not generally you know you don't generally list your home in December you know off of something that you think is a smart move with a Christmas tree up exactly yeah. and, and, and 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 you know what you can't show off your garden and you can't show off your yard I mean right. either, you know if yeah. you have a, if you have these nice things available you can't show them and I think that's not something you would want to sell a home so sentiment wise I think it could get worse for a while but that's another thing got to look at how markets work markets react based on positive and negative sentiment and they can. They can stretch wide in either way. The ranges can be big, but it's all about focusing on what we've been talking about. Keep your eye on the fundamentals, right? GDP for Ju- for July just came in at 0% in Canada. So that's something we need to really look at. The economy is not doing as good as the government tries to say it is, right? We're seeing lots and lots of things that are pointing to what you would like to see in a quantitative easing type environment or where government intervention type environment where they're helping, right? Because we're all seeing it. We're, I'm getting calls from people that I haven't had calls doing this for 22 years now in mortgages. This volume of calls we are getting of people that are struggling, just regular Canadians, not investors, just regular Canadians trying to pay their bills, trying to pay their mortgage. It is at an all time number for me in terms of just hearing from Canadians. And I think at the end of the day, you will see the government. We saw Trudeau just the other day start talking about, you know, he says, I don't like dealing with housing, but yet who is now saying we want interest rates to come down in 2024? Right. You're seeing Krista uh, Freeland introducing an extra 20 billion dollars of spending. You know, meanwhile, the government and the Bank of Canada is trying to tighten things while they're loosening things on the other end. So you've got the battle of the bears and bulls is here. It's likely going to play itself out in the next three to six months.
0: So I'm just going to say you mean the battle of the idiots and the idiots. (laughs) But um, that's, of course, how fully my personal take on the people that are governing and leading right now. Um, And Dave, you know, you did touch on it just briefly numbers things like that and the inflationary number obviously that you know was recently stated the majority of that uh, folks came from gasoline and of course mortgage rates the two things that are being controlled by the government by the government and yeah they're sitting there mandating that we get the interest rates down so listen we still have a ton to unfold here we aren't even scratching the surface i mean if we could do a two-hour special today we would but unfortunately we're gonna run out of runway but and speaking of runway, we're going to go to a quick break. But while we come back, I'll have more with Tim Sirianos, Dave Butler. And hey, don't forget Instagram. You can follow me there. And yeah, I'm not going to rant and rave and swear my face off. Um, if I say it, I say it. And then you're going to know it's backed up with facts. So uh, we'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So we've got the Real Estate Talk Triangle happening. And of course, on the panel, in-house with me right now, I've got Dave Butler. And as most people know, Dave is who I would call a mortgage guru and always the person that I like to have a conversation with, you know, really, really uh, is able to let our listeners, you know, navigate what is happening in the world of finance because it's so important when we talk about real estate, we got to also talk about the other part of it and that's the finance aspect of it. And I've got Tim Sirianos. He is a broker owner, over 400 agents uh, at Remax Ultimate. And the most incredible thing is that Tim has gone through every facet of every market you know, his experience in itself, you know, able to coach his his, uh, his agents every single day is really important because this is the kind of stuff, folks, that when I talk on the air, I want everybody to know I only endorse professional realtors and professional mortgage brokers. Okay. They're the people that live and breathe this, not these idiots that are sitting there in social media, sitting there saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, I don't want to look at you. I need the facts. And where the facts start, hopefully, is here, Simply Real Estate, every single Sunday. And uh, Tim, you know, we're, we were kicking around a little um, when we talk about what's happening in the marketplace. And again, we, you know, I, I adjust about all the social media stuff. But have you, ever, have you ever seen these people that, you know, they come into the market and they think they're social media stars and then they turn around and they got nowhere to go?
1: Uh, unfortunately, too often. Uh, they, they forget what a realtor is supposed to be. And what they're supposed to do, and how they're supposed to carry themselves. Uh, there's regulatory bodies, and and there's codes that they have to follow. And for some reason, they don't read them. Right? They think that it's a love it or list it. Uh, you know, look at me. What I'm going to do here. And you know, it troubles me. This is my 34th year in the business, right? And anytime, you know, that people come in and they do not carry themselves a certain way, it troubles me. Like I have a rule that if I meet, if I'm talking to one of my realtors on the sidewalk. And you happen to be walking by if i'm not proud to introduce them to you they're not working with me right so i mean this is something that needs to stop and i think in many industries now i think it's bleeding over to other industries right now this phenomenon the spotlight i call it the spotlight phenomenon where the whole universe the whole world you know revolves around that individual and um you know if we just get away from that and you know if we're talking about real estate here you know get away from these you know these big doom doom and gloom type of people um, I think that, that uh, the more you watch of this, the more these algorithms feed you yep. and it just puts you down the wrong rabbit hole. Um, you know, talking about prices dropping, for example, if you don't mind me saying this, right? Oh my God, you know, um, let me make an offer for $200,000 $200, less and then they see it that it sells for $50,000 more. I mean, uh, less than what the asking price was. My comment to a lot of buyers right now, to our team, is this. In a up market, the last eight, ten years, would you overbid for $50,000? Absolutely. Yep. So, right now, can you time the market exactly when the bottom is? Could it be between $50,000 to $25,000 difference maybe? Yeah. Do you want to wake up in three years from now and say, oh my God, I bought the house I've always wanted. It cost me $50,000 more and the interest rates now dropped by 3% and it's worth $400,000 more than what I paid for it? There's always a mirror to that same thing, right? Other you're in a bidding war with people and you're paying 50 more because that's the the one time you saw the house of your dreams or you're trying to time the bottom and the bottom could be right now or it could be $50,000 less but you can't time anything perfectly but if you're shopping if you're out there right now during these next four to six months before the spring market before the rates drop and you happen to buy the house of your dreams and then the homes in the neighborhood drop by 50,000 does it really matter? It doesn't matter, right?
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, Dave, Tim makes a great point there, um, you know, about, you know, timing and, and he, he did allude to interest rates. Let's talk about that one because again, right now you've got, you know, all the banks all over the world, up, down, up, down, who knows what they're going to do. You know, threats of a quarter point increase. This always puts people in the back seat. And of course, when they didn't announce um, an increase in September, if we notice there was an uptick in Activity and so, what what should we be looking at? I mean, you know, you know, I'm 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 on the fence on this one. I'm going to say I'm I'm leaning more towards they're not going to touch it, but you know, you got some experts that are saying yeah they're going to touch it and they say a quarter point. Well, I think a quarter point is too far at this point. And and what do you think?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, this is the thing. It's uh, what what I think they should do and what they will do is 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 seemingly two different things, but. So look, what will they do? Well, what will they do? what well, what will they do is they're going to have they're going to have a meeting on October 25th. And a week before roughly, a week before that, they're going to get the Canadian CPI data. And I think a lot of it's going to hinge on that. If you see an unexpected tick word up in inflation, it probably is a recipe for them to throw that quarter point on there. That's something they can say, look, we have to do it because of this. But if you see inflation start to round out again and maybe the numbers aren't as high as maybe expected, I think you're just very, very likelihood you you'll see them pause. Um, but again, I the one thing I will say is, and I think you, you just said it, I think early you see a quarter point. I mean, I think we're at a we're at a position. If we really look at this, you know, you look at what happened in two thousand twenty two, right? All those rates there was half points, three quarter points, one percent. Let's let's look at this though really objectively. In twenty twenty three, we've had three increases. They've all just been a quarter. Understand that one of the raises last summer of 1% alone, one raise of 1% was more than we've had this entire year. So I think people, you know, everyone's talking about rates are up, rates are up. Rates are not that far up in 2023, okay? And three increases of a quarter point tells me that they're just doing this to try to keep thing, a, a balance between somewhat affordable, Yeah, affordable, but They're kind of waiting For it to start, the data start to turn to allow them, because otherwise, wouldn't they just keep increasing by half a point and one percent? They're not doing that, so that tells me we're nearing the top. And we've been—I think I've been saying this for a while. It's like I think we are nearing the end of the rate hiking cycle, but certainly there's a lot of things at play here, right? But I think we're starting to see, you know, with what you're seeing in the media, when you see a lot of this doom and gloom and the blood in the streets, that's generally speaking, as we've talked about times to invest or to be a looker into the market. And to maybe
1: see when and not necessarily time it, but play off of that sense. Or you can't time it perfectly, but I think we're in that timing stage. Getting there. We're in the final two minutes of the game, right? And that's how I look at it. And this is where you, you know, you really got to look and and make that push. I I, I just, will they touch it one more time? I think they may, right? I just don't know if it'll be October or or right after that. Um, But what I want to see, I think the first sign would be if they adjust the stress test. If they adjust the stress test, even one time. By one percent or half per, or anything, that should be enough to demonstrate that rates will not be double digit, right? Like that we're not going any further. We need to, you know, I'm when I'm my my biggest preach every time I can get your ear in any way possible in any of my involvement anywhere in real estate. I I just say, do me a favor, leave the rates low. Fine, keep them where they're at. Adjust the stress test. Yep. Yeah, you know, but that's not
0: even part of the narrative right now
1: they haven't talked about it but what I'm saying to you is if you want to what they need to, to, to build confidence in the overall economy the market in every single way where people can start to adjust their lifestyles right I believe the stress test is the number one interest of this marketplace right now if the stress test did not exist they'd be telling everybody in Canada that we are not going to raise rates by two more percent that we've hit the ceiling and we're probably going to stay here or go a little bit lower to more traditional you know average over the last 50 year interest rates
0: Yeah, four or four and a half five five, five
1: and a half six whatever it might be yeah but the moment that you add the stress test i know i mean i'm sure dave you will you will you know will, uh, confirm this the stress test is what's killing uh, it's massive
2: it's mass well, right mean, let's let's even throw some numbers out there right so we would have thought about t- t- take take a second mortgage that you're going to take you know in a dire straight situation back in 2018 you might have got an interest rate of about nine point five percent potentially. Yeah, I mean, that that was there. That's a, and I'm talking about a second mortgage when your credit's in a bad in bad shape. You maybe don't have the income to qualify. You desperately need some money. You could find a lender that might lend you a second mortgage in the nines, maybe tens, elevens, but you might find some in the nines today for let's say a one year fixed rate. So you want to get a one year fixed rate from a major bank. Let's say the rate is seven point oh nine. You have to qualify on the stress test at 9.09. That's two percent higher than the rate. That's the government rule. So now imagine you're having to qualify for hundreds of thousands of dollars at a rate that years
1: ago would have been considered a normal second mortgage rate. This is insanity. The media has to ask at the next up- opportunity. They have to ask: Will we see two percent more? Will we see two? And if we're not going to see two percent more, then why don't you adjust the stress test?
0: And that is a perfect place to leave it. And we're going to go to a quick break because I do want to pick up on that when we come back. And by the way, as I had mentioned earlier in the show, something we have never done before. It is probably our greatest seminar webinar ever where we're going to do a major giveaway. That's right. Somebody in studio is going to have the ability to win the down payment for a one bedroom unit in our portfolio and it's really, really exciting. It is going to happen on Saturday, November the 4th at 11 a.m. And you can also join us via the webinar. And guess what? You also will have an opportunity. But the numbers are a lot better if you're in studio with us. So go to the thesimpleinvestor.com. You can find out more, rules, regulations, everything that's going on. And when we come back, we'll have more. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. You know, it's amazing when uh when I have my two panelists with me how quickly an hour goes by. And I've got Tim Sirianos, broker owner of Remax Ultimate with me and Dave Butler, the guru of mortgages. And uh guys, you know, we've been having some fun with uh with our conversation today, especially getting caught up after the summer. Tim, we were talking about stress test. You know, you're you're definitely an advocate to drop it. I mean, guys, you know, like hey, if the Bank of Canada doesn't feel like they're gonna go up. 2%. Why are we qualifying for 2%, Tim? Well, that's the whole idea. I mean, I was, I guess, the stress test when it first
1: came. Then when I saw rate with the pandemic came, you know, we had the rates that we did, then I was in favor of it. I'm the first one to admit if, you know, something actually makes more sense. Uh, protecting people from themselves is what it really did. And, you know, evidence now shows that the rates were so low that a lot of people could not protect themselves from themselves, right? Even with the two percent stress test. But at this point when we've gone through these one percent and quarter percents and half percents and everything else, I think that when we're at that, as I said before, the final quarter of the game, the final inning of the game of, you know, touching this thing one more time or two more times, does make a difference. Even if they touch the interest rates by one or two more times, it still does not equal two percent. Yep. It doesn't. No so so maybe make it one percent, maybe make it a half percent. You know, give it give it, you know, maintain some breathing room from, you yeah. know, with the posted rates forever. But two percent is just a hammer it is actually stopping you know everything that people that the government is talking about the dream of home ownership the societal impact that it does compared to you know no disrespect you know if you're renting you know but oh, home ownership has a different impact so a you know, sense of something different you, you want the market to move you want you know every time a home sells you, you have a spin-off business in the economy everything, everything's good about the real estate market to the overall economy. Well, what about amortizations though? Like here's
2: another thing too. This is the one thing I, and I don't mean to cut you off to, but I I, like to your point about eliminating the stress test to make it a little bit easier to qualify. You've got, it's documented. You've got like over what, I think I had it up. It was like $120 billion of mortgages from three major banks in Canada that are currently sitting at amortizations over 40 years. Well, if you've got that many and and you're supposedly not worried about it as a, as a, as a as a government. Well, why not allow then new people coming in trying to qualify for mortgages to be able to get some of
1: those amortizations that current borrowers have right now? Oh, I would say to that that I am a big fan of forty year amortizations as long as you have a safety net on further borrowing just because you have the forty years. Right. And number two, we never talked about this. The U.S. is totally different in when it comes to its inflation. Numbers and everything else, because people have locked in for thirty-year terms yep. at two percent, and you're spending money like on the other things, like cars and and TVs or trips or whatever you want to do. We can't do that. We don't have thirty-year locked mortgages, right? Yep. So we got to look at the inflation rate. I'm, I'm kind of going back a little bit, but you just gave that amazing example where we have to look at how inflation is going to be very difficult. But going back to amortization here in Canada should be forty years no, no doubt about it, but just make sure you have, how's that for a balanced guy? I'm talking about getting rid of a stress test, but adding a measure to make sure that you could amortize in a safe way. Yeah. right. And and
0: amortization did hit 40 years, a few years ago. There was a small window where, you know, 30, 35, 40 year amortization was allowed in Canada. And then they took it off, of course, as they always do. It's like, here, we'll give you a carrot. Then we take a carrot back. Okay. And you know, one one of the things, and I do have to vent my spleen on this because we haven't really talked about immigration, okay, and I know you guys, it's a fine line that we got to dance here, but, you know, we talk about the numbers being so skewed, the government doesn't even, it was funny because I don't know if you actually watch when the, when they have the House going and, and a bunch of the MPs are jumping up and down and they actually called out the government and say, how do you miss a million people in your counting? <laughs> you know, it's the same way they missed 30, 40, 50, 100 billion so uh, here and there, right? <laughs> it's amazing. But when we take a look at the big number, right? And and they missed. They missed a million people. I don't know how you do that because, I mean, that's like, you know, Mississauga and Brampton together. How do you miss uh, one of the major cities, you know? And, and so my problem with all of this is the fact that, You know, Tim, you and I talk about, you know, inventory, property selling, and and we're talking resale. Typically, we talk resale. We don't talk a lot about new construction. New construction is going to fluctuate right now. We know builders are struggling with construction costs and everything else. So they pull back and everybody goes, oh, no, we're not going to have enough properties. Well, then you got right now, Canada, we only going to produce, just so you know, 219,000 new units this year. Here's my problem, is that when people are jumping up and down and going, oh my God, we've got so many houses coming into the market, they think it's inventory. Folks, it's not inventory. There's the problem. That's just a transactional uh, you know, uh, uh, action that's going to happen. It's not adding anything to the market, Tim. Like it's not adding more inventory. And so when people are going, market's gonna crash. It can't crash because there's no inventory. If people don't put
1: their homes for sale, there's no inventory. And there's only so many homes coming to market that are brand new. So we have to distinguish, it's like saying, we want more affordable housing. Well, describe, you know, define affordable, right? It,
0: but it's not inventory. It's a transaction. hundred percent. Because there's a body that lives there. They move out. They got to go live somewhere, right? Correct. The body moves it. Correct. But we didn't add anything to the market. No, these are these are pre-existing properties. Yes. That are
1: already there and they're, they're moving sideways, upwards, downwards, depending on where their lifestyle is going or relocating to a different part of the country, city, or the world, right? Those are transactions. You're absolutely right right now with the amount of builders who are pausing pulling back you know both in freehold and condo this spring is being pushed down again all we're creating is more problems yeah. and you know when it comes down like finally finally oh my god i was i was a trep you know it's almost six years ago talking about missile missing middle and on the news now last two three days well you know we gotta tackle this thing called the missing middle and i'm like are you you know wow <laughs> yeah. like Wow. Like how's that possible? There's always been incentives for buyers to buy homes. There's never been incentives for sellers to sell homes, you know, from the government. Yep. So if you have an aging population, you got to tackle the root of everything. You got to build condos that are Bigger, you got
0: Oh, there's an incentive. You know what they're doing? They want to tax your vacant, your <laughs> vacant units, and that's the problem. They they think their solution is taxes. Well, if, they... sorry, I got to tell you this. If you're gonna, if you want more
1: supply, and you have a mayor who taxes homes from three million up, why would you go to market? and Who's gonna buy that house? Yeah. You're actually pulling supply yeah. of transactions outside of the market, de-incentivizing people from being part of the market completely.
0: So backwards your final thoughts, like I said, I threw out the the immigration. We need inventory no matter what. The idea of a crash, I don't believe. It's just because there's just too many, and people will sit there and say, yeah, but there's not enough people that are going to move into it. No, but there's enough people that know that being a landlord is actually a smart thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just, I have a problem with a government that will intervene on certain things and potentially crush the hopes and dreams of some Canadians. And at the very same time, when you know, and they've admitted that it's, it's all over the television. These government they've admitted they have a supply problem and just to continue ramshotting people into this country just doesn't make sense to me. And then on the flip side, you're hearing some of the government saying, well, you know, bringing in these people and bringing in all these students is lucrative for the country, but wait, our homelessness is at, at levels that I've never seen before. Um, you know, you're bringing people into effectively a terrible situation, and I just, I think I have a problem with that because, you know, it it's it's not the right message. If I'm if I'm a government, I, I, I'm there to represent my my people, my people uh, that have brought brought me in, and I just think they're doing the wrong thing.
1: Tim, final thought. You know, when it comes to uh, immigration, um, I'm just really happy it's a conversation right now and not a negative one, but a positive one. And I just want to say that the government needs to go outside of our country and look at what other countries are doing. If you're going to bring immigration in and they're not tradespeople that what we need, then at least partner with private enterprise. Not a bad word to do, but not a bad thing to do. And have these private uh, companies sign contracts with these people who are new to our country and train them at their expense to become you know, tradespeople. It's happening around the world. It can happen here.
0: Yeah and on that note uh gentlemen awesome having you in studio again it's been a long summer great to have you both here joining me um so folks that's that's a wrap for this week uh as i mentioned big news here at the simple investor uh our newest seminar webinar um you know i've got even, like, even days looking going you're doing what and i said yeah we're going to give away two down payments for an investment property go to the simpleinvestor.com you can find out all the rules and regs you got to join us. You're going to have to join us on November. It's a Saturday, November the 4th. And looking forward to having people here in studio with us. Um, I do want to thank my producers. Uh, As usual, I've got a no more in the booth. They keep it simple for me every single week. And most importantly, I want to thank you for tuning in, making us the number one real estate talk show. And of course, I'll be back next Sunday as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.